Hello, and welcome to the Foothills Deeper Pod, a podcast for all of us who are looking to bring just a little more love and a little more courage into our daily lives. I'm Reverend Gretchen, and I am so glad to be here with you today as your host for today's episode. Today, we are kicking off our conversation around our series we call Sit By Me, which is a series exploring belonging. Our subtitle for the series is Belonging is an Inside Job. It's a way of reminding ourselves that belonging starts inside ourselves rather than in the actions of somebody else. To help us get started, I want to start with a little story, which is actually more of a confession. About this time last year, Carrie, my partner, and I, we started to say a new mantra to ourselves. A mantra or reminder. It just was three simple words, which is leave the house. It was kind of a joke, but not really a joke because she and I were recognizing that we'd fallen into some new habits during the pandemic that made it more likely that we would barely leave our home on most days. Some days we even realized we barely left our living room. The step counter on my phone was not not very exciting. Especially since at the time she and I were both mostly working at home. That's kind of shifted a little bit because we've been working our mantra. But at the time, there just really wasn't a requirement to leave in the ways that there were pre-pandemic. And even though we weren't feeling particularly COVID cautious about being out in the world, it really felt like there was just this kind of gravitational force field that would keep us from leaving. We get to the end of the day and we realize, oh my gosh, I never left the house or get to the end of the week. Oh my gosh, another week. We didn't really leave the house. But at the same time, we also recognize an increasing sense of loneliness and desire for more personal connections. Just, just we wanted to hang out with other people more than just each other. We like each other, fine, but it, we really uh, had a lot of each other and we were anxious and eager for other folks in our lives. We would complain about not having people to hang out with. We even joined a couple of meetup lists that seemed to really align with our interests, but nothing actually changed. And the main reason for this we had to acknowledge is that on most days and most weeks, really, we really just didn't leave our house. This is all a true story. In case you're wondering, I didn't just make it up for this series, but it is also a good metaphor for the challenges many of us face when it comes to belonging. We as humans are wired for social connection. We need it just like we need food, air, shelter. But there is something about life today that has us caught more often than not in cycles of isolation, disconnection, and loneliness. We all struggle to leave our metaphorical and sometimes literal house. We struggle with the awkwardness and vulnerability required to create real and lasting relationships. We struggle to prioritize the relationships that we already have. And sometimes we struggle to know just how real belonging could and should happen in today's theoretically hyper-connected world. This was all very true before the pandemic already. Studies showing increasing isolation and social disconnection started popping up in the 90s. You might have heard of Robert Putnam's 
bowling alone. I, I feel like it was all the conversation in my first round of graduate school in the late 90s. And then again, it was a big part of when I was in seminary in 2007. It talked a lot about how people really were no longer had other people to go hang out with. They just didn't as much. People had retreated into their own homes and their own family units. These trends increased over the early 2000s as social media has given us a kind of illusion and good feeling boost of belonging, but rarely delivers on that deeper need we all have for intimacy, meaning, and purpose, which are all components of true belonging. The pandemic, as with many other things, accelerated and complicated what was already true before. As Surgeon General Vivek Murthy has put it in his 2023 report, our country is now experiencing an epidemic of loneliness and isolation. Now, you've probably heard on the podcast and maybe heard me say in other places, there are many places that our congregation and our church is called to respond to today, places of justice and service and generosity. But I think that this challenge of belonging and community actually feels the most central for what we can and should do as a congregation. Because belonging is something that people come to a church seeking most of all. It is one of the most urgent questions on their hearts, whether they, maybe, maybe they wouldn't necessarily articulate it that way when they arrive, but it's true whether it, this is, it's your first time showing up on a Sunday or you've been coming for a decade. That longing for true belonging is lifelong. For all these reasons, we decided to spend this month of June exploring the series on belonging. We call it Sit By Me because ultimately studies show that the best way to experience belonging is to invite someone else into belonging with you and to recognize that belonging really starts within ourselves where we discern that underlying beliefs that can get in the way of belonging and to shift those to practice belonging kind of like a leap of faith that we can all take together. So to help us get started in this reflection around belonging, I'm actually going to turn to a chalicidine reflection that a few members of our new team, what we call our belonging team, shared this past Sunday around the question of what are those underlying beliefs that you need to shift in order to find true belonging. It starts off with Lauren Farley, our family ministry and engagement manager. For those of you that have known me for a long time, you probably remember me telling a story about how becoming a church lady was a really big shift in my life. So back then and even now, to be part of a true culture of belonging, I have to believe that despite my relative newness in my life to Unitarian Universalism, that I have value to offer here and that I'm not actually going to be a perpetual outsider. It's a tough idea to shake even for a person on your staff team. That notion of being a perpetual outsider can linger. And you are not outsiders either, not a one of you. We are all on the belonging team. After Lauren shared her belonging beliefs, she invited three members of our belonging team to share about their beliefs and the ways those beliefs are 
driving their participation in our new team and in creating a culture of belonging. We'll hear first from Cleo. Have you ever been someplace where you really knew that you just didn't belong? <laughs> I was a member of an artist gallery. That's a whole group of artists trying to actually make a business. I was invited to be on a committee. I go to the committee. There's only two other members. I'm sitting there, and it's an entire dialogue between these two people. And no one will let me say anything. I keep, I'm so excited. I keep trying to intersperse something. And when I say something, I'm given this stare. It's as long as waiting for a bus. When I join the belonging team here, I walk in and I'm a half an hour late. The entire committee is sitting there looking at me. I walk in, I sit in the very last chair. Lauren has her arm raised over the whiteboard, scribbling green, which is already covered. The entire whiteboard is already covered <laughs> with her writing. And I go, oh my God, how late am I? She stands there and she takes like one beat. And then she looks at me, and she gives me an entire recap of the entire meeting. <laughs> she says, Cleo, I'm so glad you're here, because we need to know your opinion. So on the belonging team, we did a deep dive, trying to figure out what is it that we need to believe in order to create a sense of belonging in ourselves so that we can be a belonging team together. And my thought was, to be a part, a genuine part, of the warm culture of belonging at Foothills, I have to believe everything that I say and do matters to every person who I reach out to, and that when I put my belonging beliefs into practice, that I am engaging in every small conversation that I have as though it is a big conversation with a lifetime friend. Hi, my name is Chloe, and to be part of a genuine and warm culture of belonging, I have to believe that I am accepted for all of who I am. I have put my belonging beliefs into practice by volunteering to serve coffee, joining the caring team, and getting involved in the Earth-Based Path group. My name is Gary, and my belonging belief stems from the fact sociologists have studied happiness. What does it take to be happy? And they find a lot of, lot of ideas, but the, the most comprehensive three are connection, community, and freedom. And that's what I find here, and that's why we're all here. Not only did we kick off our new series this past Sunday, we also celebrated the 100th anniversary of the Unitarian ritual of the Flower Communion Ceremony. This is a fitting combination because this ritual founded by Czechoslovakian minister Nobard Čaupek a hundred years ago, it's really a ritual that is about belonging and specifically about finding belonging across diversity. Čaupek created this ritual in response to their questions about how to be a community that would welcome diversity and where that diversity could be a source of connection rather than division. Czechoslovakia was a country that was formed in the aftermath of war. They were just five years after the end of that war with questions of belonging. Just how were they all connected and what were the unifying symbols and culture that would bring them all together? 
Chopek's ritual took the traditional bread and wine communion that his community was too heretical for and too resistant to, those usual symbols, and he played with the ritual. He turned instead to the beauty of nature all around them and invited each of his congregants to find a flower and to bring it to the church one Sunday. That each person would find the flower that was beautiful to them was a symbol of their affirmation that each of us has a piece of the truth, that is our unique sense of what beauty means. On their way into the church, they would place those flowers into a vase, a shared vase. This symbolized each of their free choice to enter into a community alongside all the other people that saw beauty in their own way, symbolized by their flowers placed as well. And it is that choice, that free choice, that unites that congregation in a sense of shared belonging. We choose to be together to rejoice in each other's differences. So once everyone had gathered, they would bring the vase forward. Then he would bless the flowers. And then he would invite everyone to choose a flower to take home with them, but just not the one that they came with. Because again, this free choice would affirm each person's choice to be blessed by another. That is to receive with an open heart their different understandings of beauty and to be connected rather than divided by this difference, to delight in the differences. You know, in this moment where so many forces seek to divide people and to play on our fears of differences and our anxieties of the other, it is powerful to return again and again to this ritual and this story where we affirm that we can freely choose to walk together and be blessed by the differences between us and to see those differences as beauty, to see them as a source of belonging. We celebrated this ritual this past Sunday. Everyone brought their flowers, placed them in a vase, but we added something so that when someone would place their flower, they would also right then receive a sticker. And the sticker said, I'm new here. Now, of course, we had a number of folks resist this sticker. They were like, no, I'm not new. But we gave everybody, regardless of how long they had been coming to the church, the sticker, I'm new. And we did this because we wanted to break down the divide that we can get caught in between those who are new to a community and those who are not. Because when it comes down to it, actually, I mean, obviously there's people that are truly first timer. Those are newcomers. But actually, each time that we show up in community, we are ourselves new. Things have happened since the last time we encountered that whole body. We have been through things in our week or in our month, however long since we last were in community together. We are new. And so we enter as newcomers. And then also often, especially since the pandemic, people are often away for a period of time. And while they're away, whether that's weeks or months or sometimes even right now, we're still getting folks that are returning for the first time since the pandemic, so years. And during that time, the congregation itself has also been changing. So that the congregation is new to someone returning. So they are new to the congregation as well. So 
I think this, this is always true about a congregation, about a community of any sort, that we are all always newcomers. And remembering this is a gift because it invites us to meet any community we enter with beginner's mind as newcomer's eyes. And in that, practice an ongoing sense of wonder and curiosity and openness as we make space for the story that is evolving and emerging now. We are all really new. At the end of the service, just as Chopek had originally practiced this ritual, we invited everyone to take a flower that they didn't bring with them, again, as that symbol of our free choice to receive beauty from another. So as everyone did that, they, they all received another sticker. And that sticker said, I belong here. To tell you more about that part of the story, I'm going to turn to the homily I offered to wrap up our flower ceremony and the beginnings of our series on belonging. Chopek knew what it felt like to wrestle with belonging. He was raised by a devout Catholic mother and an agnostic father. He ended up as a leader as a kid in the Catholic Church, but he also quickly became disillusioned with it. As an adult, he became a Baptist minister, but his faith just kept evolving. When the First World War came to Czechoslovakia, he fled to serve a Baptist church in New York. But even there, he confessed, I cannot be a Baptist anymore, even in compromise. The fire of new desires, new worlds is burning inside me. There was something perpetually unsettled inside Chopak, a disconnect between the community he was supposed to fit in with and his inner sense of truth. And when a disconnect like this happens, it can feel to us like a signal about belonging. Like we don't belong because we aren't like the other people around us. So it feels like we need to make a choice, right? That we need to make a choice, either push down the truth that has us feeling out of step, and then that way we get to keep belonging coming, or we stand alone in our truth and risk belonging entirely. Except this choice turns out to be seriously flawed. As Brene Brown says, true belonging actually happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, which means our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Yeah, just think about that for a second. Our degree of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. It's what she calls belonging to ourselves, which is ultimately the most important part of and necessary foundation for all belonging. Belonging, she says, is not something we can achieve or accomplish with others. It's something we carry in our hearts. Once we belong thoroughly to ourselves and believe thoroughly in ourselves, true belonging is always Ours. Now, long before the pandemic sent us into isolation, our country has also wrestled for a long time with questions of. We still don't know 
or seem to know if or how we could all belong while also accepting our differences. As civil rights teacher and pacifist Dr. Vincent Harding said way back in 2011, when it comes to creating a multiracial, multiethnic, multireligious democratic society, we are still a developing nation. And that was 12 years ago, before the pandemic, before George Floyd's murder, before the insurrection at the Capitol, even before the 2016 election, definitely before the moral panic around LGBTQ people and trans people especially. 12 years later, our country is very much still in development when it comes to this question of true belonging. So much so that our Surgeon General Vivek Murthy has declared we have an epidemic when it comes to belonging. His office has just published a report uh, on the, it's called The Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. You can find the full report online. Just Google the Surgeon General's report on loneliness. But if you're wondering why, why would the Surgeon General be talking about belonging, it is because studies increasingly show that the profound link between our physical health and our sense of social connectedness and our sense of belonging. As the report says, loneliness and social isolation increase the risk for premature death by 26% and 29% respectively. More broadly, lacking social connection can increase the risk, oh, sorry, uh, oh, yes, increase the risk for premature death as much as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. In addition, poor or insufficient social connection is associated with an increased risk of disease, including a 30% increase of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. Furthermore, it is associated with risk for anxiety, depression, and dementia. Uh, you should read the whole report. It's actually pretty fascinating. Um, it is a deep irony of our age that we are more connected than ever before with more opportunities to make friends, join a community all across the globe, that we would also be experiencing an epidemic of loneliness. As Murthy asks in his book, Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World, what prevents all these people from simply joining a club, making new friends, or reconnecting with family and old friends? What prevents us from doing any of these things? They're available for us in a word, loneliness itself prevents us. When we already feel lonely and then see others that we think are having fun together, there's a natural tendency to withdraw instead of joining in afraid of being rejected or judged, hide our deep desire and deep need for connection in all of its terrible vulnerability, which makes loneliness a self-perpetuating condition, triggering self-doubt, which in turn lowers your self-esteem, your sense of self-acceptance, and discourages you from reaching out. And the cycle goes on, you get the idea. Luckily, there are ways out of this loop it's just that despite what any of us might imagine, the escape is not about how well other people will manage to welcome us or how well greeted or invited in we may be, although those can be barriers. Most of all, 
the, bear, the pathway starts here in our brains and here in our hearts. It starts with our work to belong to ourselves. It is the belief that we all must start with, as we go back to the question our belonging team offered us, that, be- that we must believe that we all inherently belong, starting with ourselves. You might just say it to yourself. Just try it. I belong here. I belong here. Do you believe it? Some more than others. I think that outsider comment that Lauren made, that self-understanding of an outsider is pretty common, especially in Unitarian Universalist circles. But this is the, the beginning of all belonging for yourself and for all of us to believe that the deepest truth of our lives does not and cannot separate us from the love that is our birthright. Norbert Chopek centered his understanding, this, this understanding of true belonging in his own life throughout his whole lifetime and across his ministry. It's what led him to that flower ceremony he offered to his Unitarian church in Prague 100 years ago, which, by the way, had 3,200 members, right? It's like, all right, you go. See, he was pretty amazing. The flower ceremony became a clear way to communicate that their differences in belief and background could not disrupt their belonging. They all belonged in their truth. And in their coming together in community, they could celebrate an actually an even deeper sense of belonging. It was this same belief about belonging, however, that led to Chopek's arrest by the Nazis in 1942, after which he was sent to the Dachau concentration camp where he died. But wait, there's more. Incredibly, while he was there, he held a flower ceremony with his fellow prisoners, finding whatever flowers they could among the weeds. Even in the midst of all they were facing, their ritual testified to their inherent and perpetual belonging and their place in beauty, in a beauty and a love larger than themselves. So today, as we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Chopek's flower ceremony, we honor his unwavering belief that we all belong. And we acknowledge that this belief was so confusing to those who rely only on sameness to ascertain belonging and such a threat to the forces of fascism and evil that they decided it had to be stopped by his death. Except, of course, it did not stop. 100 years later, we are here today, and UU congregations all across the country and in Canada, all across the globe, are celebrating too freely choosing to draw a circle of freedom for all, affirming that in the midst of our deepest truths and in our wildest differences, we all belong. That brings us to the end of our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear your answer to our question of what are the belonging beliefs you'd need to hold in order to create a culture of real belonging. You can share your answer at foothillsuu.org forward slash belonging challenge. You can submit as many as you'd like all summer long. We will 
continue to share those back with you here on the podcast. We want to thank those of you who are supporters of Foothills as you make this podcast possible. If you would like to help us continue to experiment with things like the Deeper Pod, you can go to foothillsuu.org forward slash give and make a donation today. We are always grateful for your partnership and look forward to continuing the conversation on our podcast and far beyond.